Read with me, please, Deuteronomy chapter 8 and verse number 10. When thou hast eaten and are full, then thou shalt bless the Lord thy God for the good land which he hath given thee. Recently, we observed in this nation a, a time of thanksgiving. There's a national holiday made out of it, Thanksgiving. And I suppose that in many pulpits, either on Sunday or midweek services, some moved their services from Wednesday to Tuesday and did all types of things. But I suppose that leading up to uh, Thanksgiving, there may have been, probably were, uh, many Thanksgiving uh, messages that were brought out. And people had their Thanksgiving and they, they thanked the Lord, maybe many families and, and many groups surrounded many tables and thanked the Lord for all his blessings. And then the next day, Black Friday rolls around and the things that they don't have, they, many people perhaps were lining stores and fighting one another and getting into all kinds of meanness and sinfulness for things that they wished that they did have, but they were so thankful the day before. By the text, it, it appears as though that the people of God were commanded to give thanks after when they're full. So your Thanksgiving message this year comes after Thanksgiving. The, by way of introduction, go back to, and the title of the message is Bless the Lord. Bless the Lord. Turn back to Deuteronomy chapter 6, if you would, please. And we're going to do some reading here. Open your Bible. If it helps you, put your finger on the verse as we read along. And we're going to make our way back to chapter 8. But we're going to have some things in our mind as we read through chapter 8. Deuteronomy chapter 6 and verse 1. Now these are the commandments, the statutes, and the judgments which the Lord your God commanded to teach you, to instruct you, that you might do them. It would be it would have been a waste of time for me to go to nurse practitioner school and never work as a nurse practitioner. I, I learned so that I could do those things that I learned. To do them in the land whither that you go to possess it. That thou mightest fear the Lord thy God to keep all his statutes, his commandments, which I commanded thee, thou and thy son and thy son's son all the days of thy life, and that thy days may be prolonged. Hear therefore, O Israel, and observe to do it, that it may be well with thee, and that ye may increase mightily, as the Lord God of thy fathers hath promised thee, in the land that floweth with milk and with honey. Starting way back in Genesis chapter 12. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord. And thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thine heart, with all thy soul, and with all thy might. And these words which I have commanded thee this day shall be in thine heart. Remember that Paul said the law was spiritual, not in your head, in your heart. And thou shalt teach them diligently unto thy children, and thou shalt talk of them when thou sittest in thine house, and when thou walkest by the, the way, and when thou liest down, and when thou risest up. And thou shalt bind them for a sign upon thine hand, and, thou, and they shall be as frontlets between thine eyes. And thou shalt write them upon the post of thy house and on thy gates. And it shall be when the Lord thy God shall have brought thee into the land which he sware unto thy fathers, to Abraham, to Isaac, and to Jacob, to give thee great and goodly cities which thou buildest not, and houses full of good things which thou fillest not, and wells digged which thou diggest not, vineyards and of olive trees which thou plantest not, when thou shalt have eaten and be full. Then beware, lest thou forget the Lord which brought thee forth out of the land of Egypt from the house of bondage. Thou shalt fear the Lord thy God and serve him, and shalt swear by his name. Ye shall not go after other gods of the gods of the people which are round about you. For the Lord thy God is a jealous God among you. Lest the anger of the Lord thy God be kindled against thee and destroy thee from off the face of the earth. Ye shall not tempt the Lord your God as ye tempted him in Massa. Ye shall diligently keep the commandments of the Lord your God and his testimonies and his statutes which he hath commanded thee. And thou shalt do that which is right and good in the sight of the Lord, that it may be well with thee. 
that thou mayest go in and possess the good land which the Lord sware unto thy fathers, to cast out all thine enemies from before thee, as the Lord hath spoken. And when thy son asketh thee to come in, in time to come, saying, What mean the testimonies and the statutes and the judgments which the Lord our God hath commanded you? Then thou shalt say unto thy son, We were Pharaoh's bondmen in Egypt, and the Lord brought us out of Egypt with a mighty hand. And the Lord showed signs and wonders great and sore upon Egypt, upon Pharaoh, and upon all his house before our eyes. And he brought us out from thence that he might bring us in to give us the land which he sware unto our fathers. And the Lord commanded us to do all these statutes to fear the Lord our God for our, for our good always, for our good always, that he might preserve us alive as it is at this day. And it shall be our righteousness if we preserve to do all these commandments before the Lord our God as he hath commanded us. The Lord our righteousness. When the Lord thy God shall bring thee into the land whither thou goest to possess it, and hath cast out many nations before thee, the Hittites and the Girgashites and the Amorites and the Canaanites and the Perizzites and the Hivites and the Jebusites, seven nations greater and mightier than thou, same ones he spoke of in Exodus chapter 3 to Moses. And when the Lord thy God shall deliver them before thee, thou shalt smite them and utterly destroy them. Thou shalt make no covenant with them, nor show mercy unto them. Neither shalt thou make marriages with them. Thy daughter thou shalt not give to his son, nor his daughter shalt thou take unto thy son. For they will turn away thy son from following me, that they may serve other gods. So will the anger of the Lord be kindled against you, and destroy thee suddenly. But thus ye shall deal with them. Ye shall destroy their altars, and break down their images, and cut down their groves, and burn their graven images with fire. For thou art an holy people unto the Lord thy God. Holy, sanctified, set apart. The Lord thy God hath chosen thee to be a special people unto himself. Above all people that are upon the face of the earth, the Lord did not set his love upon you, nor choose you, because ye were more in number than any people, but ye were the fewest of all people. But because the Lord loved you, and because he would keep it, I challenge you to look into the word of God and find the reason that God loved Abraham, other than he chose to. There is no such reason. He chose to. Because you were, but because the Lord loved you, and because he would keep the oath which he swore unto your fathers, hath the Lord brought you out of the, with a mighty hand and redeemed you out of the house of bondmen from the hand of Pharaoh, king of Egypt. Now, therefore, the Lord thy God, he is, know, know therefore that the Lord thy God, he is God, the faithful God, which keepeth covenant and mercy with them that love him and keep his commandments to a thousand generations. Repayeth them that hate him to their face, to destroy them. He will not be slack to him that hateth him. He will repay him to his face. Thou shalt therefore keep the commandments and the statutes and the judgments which I command thee this day to do them. Wherefore it shall come to pass, if ye hearken to these judgments and keep them and do them, that the Lord thy God shall keep unto thee the covenant and the mercy which he sware unto thy fathers. And he will love thee and bless thee and multiply thee. He will also bless the fruit of thy womb and of the fruit of thy land, thy corn and thy wine and the, thine oil, the increase of thine kind and the flocks of thy sheep and the land which he swear unto thy fathers to give thee. Thou shalt, bless above all, thou shalt be blessed above all people. There shall not be male or female barren among you or among your cattle. And the Lord will take away from thee all sickness will put none of the evil diseases of Egypt, which thou knowest, upon thee, but will lay them upon all them that hate thee. And thou shalt consume all the people which the Lord thy God shall deliver thee. Thine eyes shall have no pity upon them, neither shalt thou serve their gods, for that will be a snare unto thee. If thou shalt say in thine heart, These nations are more than I, how can I dispossess them? Thou shalt not be afraid of them, but shalt remember what the Lord thy God did unto Pharaoh and unto all Egypt. The great temptations which thine eyes saw, and the signs, and the wonders, and the mighty hand 
and the stretched out arm whereby the Lord thy God hath brought thee out, so shall the Lord thy God do unto all the people of whom thou art afraid. Moreover, the Lord thy God will send the horn among them until they are left, until, until they that are left and hide themselves from thee be destroyed. Thou shalt not be affrighted at them, for the Lord thy God is among you, a mighty God, and terrible or awesome. And the Lord thy God will put out those nations before thee by little and little, that thou mayest not that thou mayest not consume them at once, lest the beast of the field increase upon thee. But the Lord thy God shall deliver them unto thee, and shall destroy them with a mighty destruction until they be destroyed. And he shall deliver the kings into thine hand, and thou shalt destroy their name from under heaven. There shall no man be able to stand before them until thou have destroyed them. The graven images of their gods shall ye burn with fire. Thou shalt not desire the silver or gold that is on them, nor take it unto thee, lest thou be snared therein. For it is an abomination to the Lord thy God. Neither shalt thou bring an abomination into thine house, lest thou be uh, lest thou be a cursed thing like it. But thou shalt utterly detest it, and thou shalt utterly abhor it, for it is a cursed thing. I know it's a long introduction, but again, bless the Lord. Bless the Lord. Verse ten: When thou hast eaten and art full. Then shalt thou bless the Lord thy God for the good land which he hath given thee. That word bless again means to kneel before, to adore, to, to praise. Bless the Lord. The, the book of Deuteronomy is written to the Jews as they were just, it was the, the last will and testament you could say, of Moses, and he's reminding the children of Israel of all, all the things, excuse me, that the Lord has done for them, and to encourage them to live lives of victory in the promised land. And they were to do that blessing the Lord, blessing the Lord, to, to adore and praise. You know, people throw that phrase out praise the Lord, praise the Lord, praise the Lord. Well, in Thanksgiving, we're going to read in chapter 8 how someone biblically blesses the Lord, praise the Lord, adores the Lord. Verse 1. All the commandments which I command thee this day shall ye observe to do, that ye may live and multiply and go in and possess the land which the Lord swear unto your fathers. A lot of folks describe Canaan as a picture of heaven. It looks like in the Old Testament that, the, that Canaan is a life of victory. The people of God are to live. I don't believe there will be any adversaries to cast out in heaven or glory. I do believe in this life that there are challenges. But they were to live a life in Canaan doing what God had told them to do. And if you wonder why I read chapter 6 and chapter 7, did you catch how many times that the Lord said, do the statutes and the commandments and the judgments and all that? He just keeps bringing it up, bringing it up. Moses keeps telling him, trust the Lord, do what he says, trust the Lord, do what he says. If someone truly wants to bless the Lord in thanksgiving, what will they do? They will, be, they will observe or be careful to do the things that God has told them to do. Not in order to be saved. Remember that Moses is talking to a, a people that has already been delivered. Yeah. He's talking to those that have been exodused, that, 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 that have been that delivered from the bondage scenario of Egypt and the oppression of Pharaoh. But this people now delivered was to observe and be careful to do the things that God had told them. He would, these things, it says it would be good unto you. Remember we read that? That it would be well unto you, that it would be good unto you. The Lord told them these things, and considering the law was spiritual, that if they followed the law and they followed the commandments of God, they truly would love the Lord with all they have. They truly would love their neighbor as themselves. In blessing the Lord, one would observe to follow after the Lord and do as he says. 
And not just to have them or have them stored away in mind. But look what he says in verse chapter 8, verse 1 again. All the commandments which I command thee this day ye shall observe to do, that ye may live. You see, the commandments, they were to live by them. I can't memorize all the commandments. I could, but I haven't. All the commands of God. But in summary, I am to love God with everything I have and love my neighbor as myself. I'm to live by that. I'm also, they were also to multiply by that. He said, live and multiply. Teach your children and your children's children. And time come when they say, why do you do this? Why do you believe this? What's going on? You can tell them the answer. Live by it. Multiply by the commands of God. Live lives of victory by them. Move forward. He says that to possess the land which the Lord swear unto your fathers. Live according to the promise and providence of God, blessing God all along the way. How does one bless the Lord? How does one praise and adore the Lord? The Lord Jesus Christ asked the question, Why call ye me Lord and do not the things I say? It is of no value to say, oh, how I love Jesus, if you don't do the things that he says. Children of God. And reflecting, and reflecting on the Lord, be careful to observe those things he's told us to do. There's a lot that say that they're children of God and they don't care one bit what God has told them to do or how they're supposed to live their lives. He tells them right away, all the commands. You bless the Lord, all the commands. Everything that he's told you to do, do it. Remember the that parable of the talents? That one man hid his away and said, oh man, I knew you was an austere man and I, and I feared. And The Lord says, yes, I am an austere man. Yes, yes, you should have done something. Why didn't you? evil and slothful servant. No, the commands of the Lord. He gave, he gave Israel these commands that they would be benefited by them and that they would hold to them, that they would observe them. How does one, verse 10 again, when thou eatest and are full, then thou shalt bless the Lord thy God for the good land which he hath given thee. They were to, they were to bless the Lord in observing what he said. They were to bless the Lord in living a life, doing what he said. They were to bless the Lord in multiplying and generationally testifying of all that the Lord had done and the commandments of God. They were to live lives of victory doing what he said. They were to live lives according to promise, doing what he said. Ephesians chapter 2, verse number 10. For we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus unto good works, which God hath before ordained that we should walk in. You want to bless the Lord? Walk in him. You want to bless the Lord? Do what he says. Verses 2 through 4. You want to bless the Lord? Look what he says in verse 2. And thou shalt remember. Oh, you want to bless the Lord? Sometimes it... it our, our minds, I say our minds, my mind, your mind, our minds are tempted to wander from kneeling before God. They're tempted to, to our, our praise and adoration is tempted to, to, to be minished. It's tempted to, to, to faint and grow small. You want to bless the Lord and you want to live a life of blessing and praising the Lord? You start remembering some of the things that God has done for you. Look at verse 2 again. And thou shalt remember. Not you should remember. Thou shalt remember. Keep it in front of your mind. Thou shalt remember all the way the Lord thy God led thee these 40 years. And you know what? That 40 years started at Passover. Don't ever forget, child of God. Don't ever forget what happened at Calvary. Oh, you start losing your admiration toward God. Don't ever forget Calvary. Don't ever forget the lamb that was slain on your behalf. Don't ever forget the cost of your redemption. Don't ever forget. There's a song in our hymnals. 
Lest I forget Gethsemane, lest I forget thy love for me, lead me to Calvary. Don't ever forget. Don't ever forget the cost of your redemption. Remember, thou shalt remember all the way which the Lord thy God led through these 40 years. People say that they're saved, but they don't have a testimony of those 40 years. You know, when we have memorized in Ephesians, excuse me, Hebrews chapter 12, verses 1 and 2, the author and finisher of our faith, you run your hand across this pulpit, there's no snags, there's no splinters. Somebody did finish work on them. They smoothed it out. Israel was smoothed out for 40 years. If someone says they're saved, but they're never smoothed out, they say they have an author, but they don't have a finisher of their faith, they are woefully deceived. He is both author and finisher of our faith. He says, don't forget. Thou shalt remember all the way which the Lord thy God. You want to bless the Lord? You start remembering about all the way that the Lord our God has led you. We sing a song that's in our hymnals, page 193, if you want to read along with me. All the way. My Savior leads me, what have I to ask beside? Can I doubt his tender mercy, who through life has been my guide? Heavenly peace, divinest comfort, here by faith in him to dwell. For I know whatever befall me, Jesus doeth all things well. For I know whatever befall me, Jesus doeth all things well. He says, verse 2, Thou shalt remember all the way which the Lord thy God led thee. All the way my Savior leads me, cheers each winding path I tread, gives me grace for every trial, Feeds me with the living bread. Though my weary steps may falter, And my soul a thirst may be, Gushing from the rock before me, Lo, a spring of joy I see. Gushing from the rock before me, Lo, a spring of joy I see. And thou shalt remember all the way which the Lord thy God led thee. All the way my Savior leads me, oh, the fullness of his love. Perfect rest to me is promised in my Father's house above. When my spirit clothed immortal wings its flight to realms of day, this my song through endless ages, Jesus led me all the way. This my song through endless ages, Jesus led me all the way. Child of God. In blessing the Lord and kneeling before Him and adoring Him and praising Him in all things, thou shalt remember all the way the Lord thy God led thee. How did He lead the children of Israel? He led them by a pillar of fire. He led them with a pillar of cloud. He delivered them out of bondage. And through 40 years, there were circumstances, there were trials. They ran out of water. They ran out of food. They had problems. And the Lord led them all the way. I brought you here. I brought you here, he says. He led you all the way. And sometimes, you know, the, 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 the world is real dark. And we don't know what's going on in our lives. Praise God, he does. And he leads his people all the way. Can you look back in your lives? Some of us can't look back as far as others. Look back in your life and just admire the Lord. Wow, he led me everywhere. He led me all the way. 
I thought I, 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 there were circumstances and I was disgruntled and disheartened and I was murmuring and, and I thought I was down and out and, had, and, and without hope that I was lost, just wandering in the wilderness. And the Lord led me all the way. Can you see how the Lord has led you? He doesn't lead in sin. He does lead his people through life, though. Look at this. He says the Lord left you, led you for 40 years. At what point did the Lord ever leave them? Exodus chapter 13. Look back there just for a second. Exodus chapter 13. 13 verses 21 and 22. And the Lord went before them by day in a pillar of a cloud and led them the way. And by night in a pillar of fire to give them light, to go by day and night. He took not away the pillar of the cloud by day, nor the pillar of fire by night from before the people. Forty years, rain or shine, without ceasing. Until they crossed over, the Lord was with them and led them. For 40 years, time and timing. It was the Lord's time, it was the Lord's timing that he led them every step of the way. That cloud didn't move, neither did they. That cloud started moving, they got their stuff together and they moved. Children of God, there's times where you probably don't perceive or you don't recognize or understand the leadership of the Lord. But that doesn't mean he's not there. The Lord, moment by moment, leads his people. He leads in time and timing. Keep reading verse number two. Led these 40 years in the wilderness. He leads in place, right? Sometimes it feels like we're in the spring valley. Sometimes you're in the wilderness. Jill and I just came back out from, from West Texas, and they got all, all that... Um, mesquite bush and all that kind of stuff out there. Man, if we had have broke down, I sure would have hated to try to find something to eat out there. Unless I was unless I was strong enough to wrestle down one of those deer or smart enough to find a snake under a rock somewhere where there wasn't a whole lot to eat. They were in the wilderness for 40 years. But all according to God's purpose. Exactly where he wanted them. And you know what? They were to remember the time and the place and the and all these things. They were to remember. They were also to remember the purpose that God had for them. Look at that in verse 2, the purpose. Let's remember all the way the Lord thy God led thee these 40 years in the wilderness to humble thee and to prove thee to know what was in thine heart, whether thou wouldest keep his commands or no. To humble means to show that they were indeed weak. To bring them to a place of lowness or depression. They, it was to bring them to a place where they could believe and trust and hope in nothing else but God. Children of God, don't forget those times in the wilderness. If you've never experienced any time in the wilderness, I would encourage you to repent and believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. Do not forget I want you to remember the humility of the wilderness. To prove thee or to put you to the test. You know what? In this life, there is a proving ground for the people of God. You, to trust the Lord and to do what he says is not easy. Tell you what, trust in the Lord requires us to believe God when it doesn't make sense. That's exactly what they were asked to do in the wilderness. They were humble. They were, they were proven weak. They were tested. They were examined by God. They were, their hearts would be known in adversity through examination. Will they scatter? Will they murmur? Will they fall away? Many died in unbelief in the wilderness. Or through examination, will they trust the Lord? Will they do what he says? Will they march forward? Will they cry unto the Lord? He is our captain. We will follow him. Will they be strong and be courageous? 
Remember the Lord's blessings. Verse 3, And he humbled thee and suffered thee to hunger, and fed thee with manna, which thou knewest not, neither did thy fathers know, that he might make known, uh, make thee to know that man doth not live by bread only, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of the Lord doth man live. They experienced that through humbling. In weakness and lowness and depression, they had hard times. But the Lord's blessings are known in hard times, aren't they? They are. That's why we read in verse 10, When thou hast eaten and art full, thou shalt bless the Lord thy God. It's in easy times, and we're going to read in just a minute. In easy times, we forget the Lord. There are no atheists in foxholes. You've heard that statement before. People calling on the Lord in hard times. Lord, I don't know if you exist, but if you do, help me now. No, the people of God always were to remember the the, uh, the the way in which the Lord brought them, the times and the purpose and the seasons that God has brought them and their humility and their sufferings and to turning unto the Lord and the sweetness of, of, of His presence in those difficult times. And knowing that all those things are by design of the Lord. They suffered hunger. Yes, they did, but they were fed by extraordinary means by the Lord. What did they know? They, they can't live by bread. They couldn't live by bread. But by the mouth of God, that's what the Lord's response was to Satan when he said, hey, make these rocks bread. He said, man shall not live by bread alone, by every word of God. It's easy to say and read unless you've really been hungry. What now? Thy raiment wax not old upon thee. Many people desire designer attire they they, they they want the finest threads and the finest clothes and the best shoes the lord said yes i i have brought you here this far and i made sure you had something to eat you were clothed you were never naked out here layla can't hardly wear a pair of shoes for more than i don't know three four five six months something like that she just walks the the bottoms out of them these people for 40 years had the same clothes that might not sound like a big deal to you. I want you to go home then and throw everything away except what you're wearing right now and see how long it lasts. What they had was sufficient. The Lord clothed them and he gave them coverage from the elements. You don't, you don't know how, how much a clothing or a garment is beneficial in, the, in, that, in that wilderness sun, but also when the sun goes down and there's no cloud cover, it gets pretty cold there too. The Lord protected them. The Lord made it last through their journey. Whatever they need, they had. In verse 4, neither did thy foot swell these 40 years. There's a lot of different reasons why medically someone's foot might swell. Heart problems, kidney problems, electrolyte problems, a whole bunch of reasons people's feet might swell. Anybody ever had your foot swell before? I have vascular problems. I, I, I wear these fitted socks because I have vascular problems. My feet swell. Theirs didn't. The Lord took care of their health needs for 40 years. You know, we forget what blessings of life we have. Just to, Do you really give thanks when you eat? Do you thank the Lord when you put your clothes on? Do you thank the Lord every day and remember, you know what? Thank you, Lord, for sustaining my health today. There's so much wrong that can go with it, wrong with the human body every day. Thank you, Lord, for keeping me thus far. Thank you, Lord, for my health thus far. He cared for them. Don't forget that. He says, remember that in verse 2. He also says in verse number, verses 5 and 6, in blessing the Lord, in adoring Him, in praising Him. Now this one's going to be a different, or more of a difficult pill to swallow here. In blessing Him, verses 5 and 6, Thou shalt also consider or analyze in thine heart, not in your head, in your heart, 
that as a man chasteneth his son, so the Lord thy God chasteneth thee. Therefore thou shalt keep the commandments of the Lord thy God to walk in his ways and to fear him. I can't tell you that it's ever been in my life that I was chastened by my mom or dad and at the same time adored them and praised them. But that's exactly what Israel is expected to do. And that's exactly what the child of God is expected to do. In our adorations toward God is to consider our chastisements. If you're without chastisement, then Hebrews chapter 12 says you're a bastard and not a son. You're not a legitimate child of God. What of chastisement? When he says consider it or analyze it. And consider or analyze chastisement in such a way that you bless and adore God. Look at verse 6 again. After chastisement of verse 5, the result, Therefore thou shalt keep the commandments of the Lord thy God to walk in his ways and to fear him. So evidently, when they did not keep his commandments, when they did not walk in his ways, and when they did not fear him, verse 5, chastisement came. In analyzing or discerning, being instructed by chastisement, the child of God then will be obedient, therefore praising and blessing the Lord in our lives. In Hebrews chapter 12, the writer says the same thing. Verse 5, And have you forgotten the exhortation which speaketh unto you as children? My son, despise not the chastening of the Lord, nor faint when nor faint when thou art rebuked of him. For whom the Lord loveth, he chasteneth, and scourgeth every one whom he receiveth. Look at verse 5 again of our text. Thou shalt also consider in thine heart that as a man chasteneth his son, this close-bonded relationship, for whom the Lord loveth, he chasteneth, back in Hebrews, and scourgeth every son whom he receiveth. If ye endure chastening, God dealeth with you as sons, as with sons. For what son is he whom the father chasteneth not? And who... Has ever kept the commandments of the Lord and walked in his ways and fear him as we ought. Analyze this. But if you be without chastisement, whereof all are partakers, then you're bastards and not sons, not legitimate. Furthermore, we have had fathers of our flesh which corrected us and we gave them reverence. Shall we not much rather be in subjection unto the Father of spirits and live? For they barely for a few days chasten us after their own pleasure, but we for our but he for our prophet. We read that in Deuteronomy chapter 6. It was for their good at every point that we might be partakers of his holiness. Oh, consider that, child of God. Consider that. Partakers of his holiness. Now, no chastening for the present seemeth to be joyous, but grievous. But nevertheless, afterward, it yieldeth the peaceable fruit of righteousness where unto them which are exercised, that are grown, that, that in analyzing these things, that, that they, are, they are growing in maturity in their walk and their reverence toward God, exercised thereby. You want to bless the Lord? You want to truly adore him? Consider the work of love and the purpose of God in chastisement. Thou shalt also consider in thine heart that as a man chasteneth his son, so the Lord thy God chasteneth thee. I would ask you a question directly. Have you been chastened of God? And what effect did it have in your life? What, what correction, what, what mechanism was verse 6 there? Thou shalt keep, therefore, after chastisement, thou shalt keep the commandments of the Lord thy God, to walk in his ways and to fear him, was through the peaceable fruit of, of righteousness wrought out being exercised by the Lord. Well, so remember that. Remember the lessons of God's chastisement and his love for you. It's a work of love. It's also a work of instruction. 1 Corinthians chapter 10, you can read that how the, the Jews were given for our instruction to be examples. Sometimes 
we can learn by our own experience and suffer the, the paddle of chastisement. Sometimes simply by hearing the word of God and say, oh, a preemptive chastisement. I have been chastened by God's word and how wonderful that is when God's people hear his word. And they learn, they analyze the chastisement of the word of God. When I was in college, there was a course that I had to repeat. I didn't pass it, I had to repeat it. I didn't, in the first place, I didn't sufficiently learn the content, so I couldn't move forward. But passing the course, after taking it a second time, it gave me a greater appreciation for the content. Some people never pass the course. They just keep going back to the the same puddle, the, the same pitfall. But no children of God in blessing the Lord. If you want to truly bless the Lord, then you will consider, you will analyze the chastisement of the Lord. You'll be exercised by it. You'll, you'll show forth the peaceable fruit of righteousness. You'll walk his ways. You'll keep his commandments. You'll fear and reverence him. If one truly is chastened, that will be the outcome. Otherwise, it's not chastisement, but someone just living the consequences of dumb decisions. There's plenty of people that live the consequences of dumb decisions, but the outcome is not keeping the commandments of God, walking in his ways or fearing or reverencing him. Child of God, analyze these things. Bless the Lord for his care and his mercies, his loving kindness and his instruction toward his people through chastisement. Verses 7 through 9. Fear him, for the Lord thy God bringeth thee into a good land, and a land of brooks of water, of fountains and depths that spring out of valleys and hills, a land of wheat and barley and vines and fig trees and pomegranates, a land full, a land of oil, olive, and honey, a land wherein thou shalt eat bread without scarceness, thou shalt not lack anything in it. A land whose stones are iron, and out of whose hills thou mayest dig brass. You desire to bless the Lord, to kneel before him, to praise him, to adore him. Yes, keep his commandments. Yes, remember all the things from your conversion all the way to this moment. Remember all the Lord's blessing and his purpose and his timing and how he cared for you in every single way. Consider chastisement and be grown by it. Then, he says in verses 7 through 9, go live a life of victory. Go live a life of victory. The Lord leads the way according to his promise. For the Lord thy God bringeth thee into a good land. Way back, Genesis chapter 12. Verse 1, Now the Lord had said unto Abraham, Get thee out of thy country and from thy kindred and from thy father's house unto a land that I will show thee. And I will make of thee a great nation. I will bless thee and make thy name great. And thou shalt be a blessing. And I will bless them that bless thee and curse them that curse thee. And in thee shall all the families of the earth be blessed. So Abraham, Abram departed as the Lord had spoken unto him. And Lot went with him. And Abram was seventy and five years old when he departed out of Haran. And Abram took... Sarah, his wife, Lot, his son, and all their substance, and they had gathered, and the souls that they had gotten in Haran. And they went forth to go into the land of Canaan. And the land of Canaan they came. And Abram passed through the land unto the place of Sarkim, unto the plain of Morah. And the Canaanite was in the land. And the Lord appeared unto Abram and said, Unto thy seed will I give this land. And there builded he an altar unto the Lord, whom appeared unto him. Why read that? For the Lord thy God bringeth thee into a good land. Several hundred years had passed by. From chapter 12 of Genesis to Deuteronomy chapter 8. The Lord leads the way across the ages to accomplish his purpose according to his providence and the promise he gave unto his people. Children of God, live a life of victory. 
Abram did exactly what God told him to do, being a sinner. He did what God told him to do. He got up and he went, right? Did he take possession of it? No, but his seed did. Live a life of victory. God will bring his word to pass, and everything that he said will be brought to pass. Child of God, bless the Lord by living a life of victory. The Lord provides what's needed. What do you what do you mean by that? You got wheat and barley and fig trees and oil and all. They, they, they were going to have everything they needed, the iron and the brass and all those precious elements. They were going to have in Canaan everything they needed. Live a life of victory. The Lord has provided everything you need. The Lord purposes hills and valleys, highs and lows. Did you catch that in verse 7? Of fountains and depths that spring out of valleys and hills. He didn't say that life was going to be smooth all along the way. He said, in living a life of victory, the Lord will continue to lead, the Lord will continue to provide, and the Lord, according to his purpose, in hills and valleys and in everything, they were to turn their eyes upon him. Child of God, bless the Lord. Bless the Lord. Keep his commandments. Remember all his purpose and timing and blessings. Consider chastisements. Live a life of victory. Live a life of victory. And now verse 10. Bless the Lord. Bless the Lord. Kneel before him. Adore him. Praise him. When thou hast eaten and art full, then shalt thou bless, adore, praise, kneel before the Lord thy God for the good land which he hath given thee. That kind of sums up everything. His commands, his leadership, the deliverance, the salvation, the enemies, the working through through the desert, the wilderness, and blessing them and bringing water out of a rock and bringing uh, the, the, the manna, the, the, what is it, manna, and sustaining them in every way. The Lord has brought us here in everything. And in in the, the chastisement of Israel, the whole oneness journey was a chastisement for their disbelief for not going in, the believing of the ten, the false report of ten spies rather than the faithful report of two. Remember those chastisements. When, when they didn't trust the Lord, now that you're in and you're good and fat and full and content, now what? In keeping the commandments, bless the Lord. In remembering the way the Lord has led with all blessings, bless, adore the Lord. And considering the chastisement of the Lord, bless the Lord. In walking the life of victory in the promised land, bless the Lord. And being full of blessings and promises and riches in Christ Jesus, child of God, bless the Lord. Don't forget to savor the fullness of the Lord. You know, it's, it's a lot easier to be dependent on the Lord when you feel like you're empty, when you're drug out. It's a dangerous place for the children of God to feel like they're full. Hear what the Lord himself said to the church of Laodicea, who thought that they were full. Revelation chapter 3. It's a dangerous place for the children of God to perceive that they're full. Revelation chapter 3, verse 17, Because thou sayest, I am rich and increased with goods, and have need of nothing, and knowest not that thou art wretched and miserable and poor and blind and naked. Content, they're full. I counsel thee to buy of me gold tried in the fire, that thou mayest be rich and white raiment, that thou mayest be clothed. White raiment, purity, holiness, living before God. And that the shame of thy nakedness do not appear, and anoint thine eyes with eyes so that thou mayest see. Do you see? Do you adore the Lord in considering all his goodness? As many as I love, I rebuke and chasten. Be zealous, therefore, and repent. General God, bless the Lord. Bless the Lord. Turn your eyes upon Jesus. Sometimes being disgruntled as a child of God comes at forgetting all these things. Sometimes 
we can get so busy and carried away with life and our circumstances and all the blah that we forget who God is, what the Lord has done for us, and how amazing He truly is toward the sons of toward the sons, children of God. Could each one of us stand to grow in this? I could stand to grow here. If we're honest with ourselves, all of us have room to grow here. If you don't think you have room to grow here, go back and start this message over. Do you walk in the commandments? Have you lost sight of what the Lord has done for you? Do you forget the wilderness? Do you forget the chastisement? Have you experienced chastisement? What was the result of it? What happens if we don't? Well, we turn into the church of Laodicea. What happens if they didn't? Quickly read verses 11 through 20 with me. Beware that thou forget not the Lord thy God, and not keeping his commandments and his judgments and his statutes, which I command thee this day. What happens when we... Quit blessing the Lord, adoring Him. What, what happens when we forget who the Lord is and what He did? We quit walking in the Lord. First thing that happens, we, we quit walking in the Lord. That's evidence. Why would the Lord chastise people? Because they quit walking in the Lord. Beware that thou forget not the Lord thy God in keeping His judgments and His, his commandments and His judgments and statutes, which I command thee to say. They quit walking in the Lord. People, again, say they bless the Lord. Well, what's their walk like? If they're not walking in the Lord, they're not blessed. You can't, you can't walk in sin and bless the Lord. This is a hard issue. What happens? What happens when we don't bless the Lord? We quit walking in the Lord. What happens when we truly don't adore and worship the Lord? Verses 12 through 14, we get proud and content. That's what happened to Laodicea. Lest when thou hast eaten and are full, and hast built goodly houses, and dwelt therein, and when thy herds and thy flocks multiply, and thy silver and thy gold are multiplied, and all that thou hast is multiplied, then thine heart be lifted up, and I forget the Lord thy God. Proud and content. Oh yes, I remember the Lord, but I got this and this and this and this and this going on. I'm just so busy. Bless the Lord. Remember the psalmist, bless the Lord, O my soul, all that is within me, bless his holy name. Forget not all his benefits, bless the Lord. Adore him. They were to live blessing the Lord. In everything they did, they were to live blessing the Lord. In their walk and his commandments and remembering what he's done and all the blessings and, and, and considering their, 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 their sinfulness and chastisement and living a life of victory, they were to bless the Lord. And when they didn't, it was because they were in pride and contentment. They forgot, verse 14, the cost of their redemption. Lend thine heart be lifted up and thou forget the Lord thy God, which brought thee forth out of the land of Egypt from the house of bondage. If your attitude of blessing the Lord is smoldering out, did the Lord save you? Do you have anything to bless the Lord about? Think about that man in John chapter 5. They ask him repeatedly, what happened? What happened? What happened? I don't know what happened, but I was blind, and, or excuse me, I, I, was, I was lame, and now, and now he made me whole. He didn't know much, but he knew Christ saved him. That man at the temple we studied about earlier, he didn't know much, but he knew that Christ had saved him. If your life of blessing the Lord, you're not blessing the Lord, did the Lord save you? Was there a cost of your redemption? Verses 15 and 16. Who led thee through the great and terrible wilderness wherein were fiery serpents and scorpions and drought? Where there was no water, who brought thee forth out of the rock of flint? Who fed thee in the wilderness with manna, which thy fathers knew not, that he might humble thee, that he had, might prove thee to do thee good at thy latter end? 
You're not blessing the Lord? Did you forget the wilderness? Did you forget the Lord's leadership? Have you forgotten the Lord's protections? Have you forgotten the Lord's provisions? Have you forgotten the Lord's proving grounds? Have you forgotten the Lord's intentions toward his people to do thee good at the latter end? Again, wandering in that desert, uncertainty, it, it, it is difficult. Child of God, you have it in your heart to bless the Lord when you don't understand. When you can look back and he says, oh, yes, through the wilderness. When it becomes nothing to you, that's when our hearts fail to truly bless and adore the Lord. We get prouder and prouder. Verse 17, and thou shalt say in thine heart, my power and the might of my hand hath gotten me this wealth. Proud and proud. Oh, I've worked so hard. Look, this life that I have built. Me, me, me. I, I, I. Ain't I great? We forget the Lord. Verse 18. But thou shalt remember the Lord thy God, for it is he that hath given thee power to get wealth, that he may establish his covenant, which he swear unto thy fathers, as it is this day. Bless the Lord. We forget that the Lord alone is God and start wandering in this world and after its idols and its friendships and after its offerings and its lust. And it shall be, if thou do at all, forget the Lord thy God and walk after other gods and serve them and worship them, I testify against you this day, you shall surely perish. That was a promise to Israel. They were taken away to captivity. You know, you want to see a child of God really, really having a hard time. It's a child of God that hasn't learned their wilderness lesson and they're living in sin. Walking according to the course of this world. The Lord won't allow that to happen forever. He will correct his people and there's a sin and a death. We read of 1 John chapter 5. But you want to see a miserable child of God, it's one living according to this world. You want to see a upbeat, happy, blessed child of God, that's one that truly blesses the Lord, that adores him and all they say and do. Verses 19 and 20. What happens when we don't bless the Lord? We forget that the Lord means business. Again, verses 19 and 20. And it, shall, and it shall be if thou do it all, forget the Lord thy God and walk after other gods and serve them and worship them. I testify against you this day that ye shall surely perish. All three of the kids at some point have told them not to do something and they'll look you right in the eye and do it anyways. That's what kids do. They don't think you're serious. Well, child of God, never take your mind and memory off the fact that the Lord means business. You, you, you hold off on adoring the Lord and you're going to start thinking, ah, he don't mean that. He just wants me to live my life. As the nations which the Lord destroyeth before your face, so shall ye perish, because you would not be obedient unto the voice of the Lord your God. Child of God, what happens when we don't truly bless the Lord? We forget he means business. And he will carry his business out. You can't forget the Lord and bless the Lord at the same time. My children can't obey me, or excuse me, they can't honor me and disobey me at the same time. What makes you think you can honor God and bless God and live defiantly in disobedience at the same time? No. Bless the Lord. Verse 10 again, when thou hast eaten in our full, Child of God, bless the Lord. Adore him, worship him, kneel before him. Don't be as those that bless the Lord with their mouth, but their hearts are far from him. Don't be as those in Luke chapter 6 that cry out, Lord, but they do not the things that he says. How does somebody truly bless the Lord? Verse 10, when thou hast eaten and are full, then shalt thou bless the Lord thy God. How? It's right there in chapter 8. 
in keeping and living in the commandments of God, bless the Lord. And remembering the way the Lord has led, beginning at your conversion until this very hour, praise and adore the Lord and all that he ha- all that he is. And considering the chastisement for when we fell and the Lord corrects us so graciously, bless the Lord. And walking the life of victory, bless the Lord. And being full of blessings and promises and riches and life in Christ Jesus and hills and valleys and and being satisfied in every way. Bless the Lord. Adore him. Worship him. Be careful. Do not forget above. Do not forget being full of pride and contentment and walking in this world. Those things will choke out. Not completely. But will choke a child of God. One cannot lose their salvation. One will be chastised or taken out of this life, I believe. Desire to, do you desire to bless the Lord? Many say they desire to bless the Lord. They say it. Do you desire to bless the Lord? What do we do? Trust the Lord. In remembrances and chastening and proving and keeping his commandments. Trust the Lord and do what he says. That's how you bless the Lord. Again, there is no need to sing, Oh, how I love Jesus, if we're not going to do what he says. Sinner, you think you're full of contentment, but you're far from it. The Lord Jesus Christ asked the question in Mark chapter 8, What shall it profit a man if he shall gain the whole world and lose his own soul? And what would you give in exchange for your soul? You might think you have everything. In Ephesians chapter 2, we read just past or just before. In Ephesians chapter 2, I'm going to tell Paul tells us where you are right now. Now the end of it, I don't know. But he tells he tells us where you are. They've in our text in Deuteronomy chapter 8, verse 10, it says, When you're full, you think you're full right now, but listen to where you are. Ephesians chapter 2 and verse 12. That at the time, that at that time you were without Christ. So you're without Christ, being aliens or foreigners from the commonwealth of Israel, and strangers from the covenants of promise. You have no hope, and you're without God in this world. Does that sound like you're full? That sounds awful, doesn't it? It is awful. There's no worse place that a person can be than than being without Christ, without hope, and without God in this world. You are without hope and without God. You're empty. Verse 13, But now in Christ Jesus, ye who sometimes were far off are made nigh by the blood of Christ. I don't know if you will ever be brought near. In the blood of Jesus Christ. But I know without the gospel of Jesus Christ and his precious blood, his death, burial, and resurrection, he, him dying for you, you never will have hope. You never will at any time have any assurance. You're not full, you're empty. The children of God are encouraged to remember the deliverance of bondage from sin. You are in bondage. Do you desire deliverance? That's a question. Do you desire deliverance? The children of God in the text of Deuteronomy chapter 8 and verse 10 are, are, are spoken of that they were that they were full. The children of God in Christ, when considering the fullness that we have in Christ Jesus, are to consider these things and to bless the Lord in all things. He, in our fullness, we're to bless Him, to admire Him. But you're busy admiring yourself in bondage. You're busy admiring yourself. You have no need of deliverance. You are full of yourselves, literally. Full of yourselves. 
I want you to hear that you're not full, you're empty. And though you had all creation, as, as is spoken in Mark chapter 8, though you had all creation, you're empty. Behold the Lord Jesus Christ. How did this whole adventure start for them? What came first, the exodus or the, or the commands? The exodus. He didn't command a bonded people. He delivered and then commanded that bonded people. You're in need of deliverance. What was that deliverance? Think back of Exodus chapter 12. Well, in verse chapter 11, he spoke of the Lord putting a difference between Israel and the Egyptians. It played out in chapter 12. How? That lamb slain, spotless. And he said, when I see the blood, I will pass over you. What are you in need of? You're in need of the Lord's Christ. You're in need of the Lord's Passover. Behold, the Lamb of God was taken away the sin of the world. Behold, the Lord Jesus Christ. The Son of God, born in the flesh, in the likeness of sinners. He didn't sin, but he was born in the likeness of sinners. What it says in Hebrews chapter 2. Made like unto his brethren. He was crucified. Wicked man's put him on, on that stake. But God Almighty, the Father, judged him for the sins of his people. The just for the unjust. He, was, he died, was buried, and rose again. There is no salvation. There is no deliverance. There is no fullness of God outside of that gospel. I would encourage you, in your broken sinful, wicked, wanting, needy state to repent. Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and be saved. Experience the fullness of God. May the Lord bless the preaching of His Word.